Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. For those of you who are new to the show, there is a new episode every Monday and Thursday streaming on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Also on the Charisma Plus app as well. And so you can go ahead on those different outlets and make sure to tune in every every Monday and Thursday. And so thank you so much for joining me again. For those who are always listening to the show, sharing this with your friends, family, I, I really, really appreciate that. You know, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This will help get the show to a wider audience, to more people, so they can be blessed, strengthened, encouraged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have amazing people from around the world on the show sharing their testimony of what the Lord has done in their life, sharing a relevant prophetic word or message that God has put in them for this time and this hour. My desire is for the church to awaken from its slumber, for our eyes to be able to see in the realm of the Spirit, and for us to take hold of the tools that Jesus purchased for us and gave us so we could truly impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this is part three of a three-part series entitled Dealing with Hardship. I'm going through John chapter 11, Uh, the story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus was sick and he died. And um, now Jesus is dealing with the heartache and the pain of Martha and Mary. They called out to him and they said, come, my brother is sick. Jesus tarried for a couple more days. It took him several days to get there because of his journey. You know, they can't just hop on a plane and be there in three hours when Jesus was walking the earth. And so, you know, when Jesus arrived on the scene, Lazarus was already in the tomb for several days. And so he had to deal with Martha and Mary and they cried out to him and they had a very honest question. Lord, where were you? If you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. We kind of go through that. And so um, it's very important for you to tap into part one and part two because this is the last part and we're going through pretty much the end of the story here of Lazarus in John 11. So I'm going to continue here. But the way we ended part two was Mary running out to Jesus. Jesus, you know, Martha told Mary the Lord is looking for you. He wants to see you. He wants to speak to you. So then Mary runs out of her isolation, out of her delusionment, out of her pain, and she runs to Jesus and she falls at his feet. So we're going to start there. Okay. This is verse 32 in John 11, verse 32 in John chapter 11. All right. So if you want to listen to part one and part two, you could just go to Apple podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. It's a couple episodes before this. You can go ahead and listen to those. But verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. This is very, very important because Martha asked the same question, but she came to the Lord with a logical theological perspective. It wasn't heart to heart. It was mind to heart. She was using her mind. She was very logical. She was thinking that, you know, sure, her over discussion with him was very theologically based. Okay. But Mary collapses at his feet. She falls at his feet and with all of her emotion, with all of her heart, she says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have not, would not have died. So she's not doubting the Lord's ability. She's doubting his willingness. She's saying, Lord, like we called to you. How come you delayed? How come you tarried? I know that if you were here, my brother would not have died. He would have been healed. He would have been made whole because I know who you are. I know your abilities. I know what you do. But so she was not questioning his ability. She was questioning his willingness. Why weren't you willing to come and meet us here to heal my brother, the one that you love? He's not a stranger. He's not a random individual. He is your friend. He loves you 
you? How come you did not come? So she has the same question as Martha, and it came from a place of desperation. And when she humbled herself at his feet, she fell at his feet in this posture of humility and desperation, it moved the heart of Jesus. Let's now go to verse 33 to 35. Let's see how Jesus responded, okay? And so verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. That's what Jesus asked. Where have you laid him? Show me where Lazarus is. Okay, so it says that he was deeply moved in spirit and he was troubled. Our pain, our mourning, our weeping, our hardship, it moves the heart of Jesus. He becomes troubled. He becomes moved. Compassion fills his heart. He knows what it's like to be human. He has lived the human life, being fully God, fully man. He knows what it's like to have human emotions, and he is moved, okay, by Mary in this scenario and by the Jews who are also weeping. But let me just point something out really quick before we get to verse 35. Um, Jesus said, where have you laid him? Why did Jesus ask where the tomb was? He's all knowing. Okay. He knows everything. He's omniscient. He's all knowing. Why would he ask where the tomb was? Because Jesus wants us to lead him to our prisons of pain, to our place of pain. He wants us to open the door of our hearts to him. He is a relational God and he knows everything before we even say it. He knows our thoughts afar off, it says in Psalm 139. So he knows our thoughts before we ever speak them. He knows what we want to do, what we're going to do. He is a relational God though. He asks us questions because he wants to hear how we respond, even though he knows how we're going to respond before we do it, okay? He limits himself within the realm of relationship because he wants interaction. And he doesn't want to just burst through our, our, our tomb and our walls. He wants to be welcomed there. He wants us to swing the door of our hearts open. Okay, so he adores our participation. He says, you bring me to the tomb, the place of your grief, the place of your heartache, the place of your darkness and brokenness. Bring me to the tomb. He could have asked the father. And the father would have led him to the tomb, but instead he said, where have you laid him? Take me to the place of your pain, your hardship, your struggle. Open up the door of your heart. Lead me there so I could bring healing. That is very, very powerful. And now verse 35, after he said that, he didn't, this, this didn't happen right away, but it says he was moved in his spirit. And then he asked the question, where have you laid him? And the very next verse it is the shortest verse in all of the Bible. It is two words. And it goes like this. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. You know, a lot of the times we see these pictures or portraits of Jesus and he's, you know, he's, he's somber. There's, he's emotionless. He's, you know, hard as stone. It almost looks like, but we serve an emotional God. We are made in the image and likeness of God, which means all the emotions we feel, the range of emotions that we feel, also he feels. The Bible says that he feels joy. He delights in us. He dances over us. He's been, he's, he can get angry. He could be happy. He could be full of joy. You know, he could weep. He could be, he could be hurt and troubled in spirit, like the word of God says. And so all the emotions we feel, it's because God created us with those emotions and we're made in his image and likeness, which means he experiences those emotions. So we serve an emotional God. Jesus is our sympathetic high priest and he sympathizes with us in our struggles and in our weaknesses. The very heartbreak of Mary, Martha, and the Jews that were weeping and surrounding Mary and Martha, it broke his heart. He wept. He didn't weep because 
It was an impossible, hopeless circumstance. No, he wept because how they were feeling when they were going through it. He knew he was going to bring breakthrough. He knew he was going to bring solution, but he still wept because of how they were feeling. I love that. I love that. Verse 36. Let's continue on. Then the Jews said, oh, see how Jesus loved him. Talking about Lazarus. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind kept this man from dying? Ooh. Some Jews said, oh, look, Jesus is weeping. He must have loved Lazarus. And some said, well, if he, uh, this man opened the eyes of the blind, why couldn't he also keep this man from dying? All right. This is something very important to know. As we follow Christ with all of our hearts and believe him for the miraculous and we're walking on the waters and we're trusting him and clinging to him and we are driven by faith, we will always have supporters and encouragers in our journey. And we're also going to have critics. We're going to have people who criticize, people who don't believe in what we're doing, people who will Um, say negative things about us, okay? We will always have supporters and encouragers, but we're also gonna have critics, slanderers, people that wanna backstab, people that wanna speak badly behind our backs, okay? And that don't believe in who we are and what we're doing. That's okay. It's a mixed bag. And both will bring blessings our way. Supporters and encouragers will bring blessing and refreshment our way. But the critics and the persecutors and the haters, they will also heap blessing upon us because blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Okay, every time someone curses us, God rains down blessings on us. Okay, when we endure with faithfulness, there will be positive results and blessings around the other side. Now I want to go verse by verse here. I'm not going to be sharing many testimonies and stories. I really just want to break down the word of God because it is the word of God that is so powerful and there's a lot to be read here. So I want to breeze through this, but verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved. The scripture just keeps talking about how moved, how emotionally stirred Jesus is, how troubled he is in his spirit because of the circumstance. That's how Jesus feels in your pain and your circumstance, not just with Mary and Martha, but he feels your pain. He knows your struggle. He he knows that your family has been sick. He knows that the financial struggles are real. He knows that the addiction is deep and you've been trying to break free and he is not emotionless. He is not furrowing his eyebrow in anger. He is not stiffening his neck and looking away and, and leaving you and forsaking you. No, no, no. He is deeply moved and he wants to meet you in that place of pain so he could set you free. So it says, Jesus was once more deeply moved, verse 38, when he came to the tomb. And it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Again, logically interpreting this in the circumstance. But can we blame Martha? Like she's never seen something like this happen before. She has never seen somebody die and be in a tomb for four days and then Jesus moving a stone and raising an individual from the dead. She's never seen that. She doesn't have a grid for this. We cannot blame Martha and say, oh, ye of little faith, okay? Because we probably would have said or did the same thing in that circumstance. But Martha spoke up. He's been there for four days. There is going to be an odor. There is going to be a smell. And, you know, Jesus said in the next verse, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. He told Mary, listen, I, I could I could feel his heart. Like you've I know you've never been through this circumstance before, but you stated earlier, Martha, that I am the Son of God. I am the one who has been sent and you believe in me. So if I'm telling you to do something, do it. There will be a positive result. If I tell you to do something, I am not going to embarrass or humiliate or disappoint. I'm not. I'm God. If I tell you to do something, there will be a miraculous breakthrough in your active obedience and faith in doing what I say. That's just what happens. And then Jesus blessed and he prayed and he didn't pray for his own sake because he knows the father answers his prayers, but he prayed out loud for the sake of those who are listening. So they know that he's got a connection with his father and that he was sent by his father. And because his father has blessed him and he has a relationship with his father, there will be a miraculous breakthrough. And he says, Lazarus, come out. He didn't shout. He didn't dance. He didn't. There wasn't an hour and a half long service. It was three words. Lazarus, come out under the authority of God. Three words uttered and declared in faith. And Lazarus came out and his hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off those grave clothes and let him go. That's very important. There's something hidden there for us to see. The first step is salvation, going from spiritual death to life. There's a picture here. Lazarus went from death to life. We are made alive to God. We, 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 our spirit is raised from the dead. We are born again, okay, to experience new life. That's what Lazarus experienced, new life. He was being raised from the dead. But so often we are still wrapped in grave clothes, the clothes of the old man, the old sinful self, that false identity. We need to have our mind renewed daily by the water of his word and by the spirit of God. Jesus, there is salvation and there, you know, which is justification. We are justified just as if we never sinned. And then there's also a process of renewal. There's a renewal process where we strip off the old ways of thinking. We strip off agreement. We don't, we no longer agree with our old way of doing things that is not kingdom minded. We now renew our minds. We step into the new, we put on the new and we live the life that Jesus has called for us to live in righteousness. And that is a beautiful picture. And right here, it says, as we continue on in, in this, in John 11, it says that many Jews believed after this. There were salvations that sprung forth from this. They saw Jesus and his heart and his tenderness. And they also saw the miraculous power that, that took place. And there was many salvations out of this story, out of this testimony, out of this grief and hardship, there was salvations as they believed and trusted God. And, and in the midst of darkness and impossibilities, they believed and trusted God and there was breakthrough and there, the miraculous sprung forth. And there were so many, um, people that believed because of that. And then you see in John chapter 12, and I'm not going to dive into it, but because Mary was so grateful, it says, you see Lazarus reclining with the Lord at, at a table and there's a party, there's a celebration that Lazarus is now, now alive and Mary came and she broke open expensive oil and the aroma of that perfume filled the entire place as the aroma of her praise, the aroma of the presence of God filling that place as she poured out her heart and her life, her devotion went deeper. When you go through pain and when you go through hardship, okay, your devotion 
devotion goes deeper. Once you see the breakthrough, once you see the faithfulness of God active on your behalf, when you see what he has promised, your faith and your devotion goes deeper. You're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to give it all because you see the kind of God you serve an amazing God. So I just want to say to all of you guys right now, no matter what came your way in 2020, no matter what you're struggling with now in 2021 to this day or whatever is in your future, whatever is coming, know that you have a faithful God who hears you. And he doesn't just hear you. He sympathizes with you. When you're in pain, he is moved in spirit. He is troubled in spirit and he weeps with those who weep and he rejoices with those who rejoice. This is the kind of God we serve. He was fully God, fully man, and he knows what it's like to live the human experience. Okay, and we could be honest with him. We could come to him with our questions. We could come to him and say, Lord, where were you? If you were here, Lord, what happened to why? How come this happened to my brother, my father? How come this happened to my sister? How come I'm going through this right now? Doesn't your word say this? Doesn't your word say that we can talk to God like that because he could handle it and he wants to answer our questions. He wants to heal our pain. And so I want you to know you could come to the Lord right now in any circumstance. Let me just pray for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I just thank you, Father, for drawing every single heart to your son, Jesus. And I just thank you that people would not sweep pain and questions under the rug, but that they would bring it to the light so that it would become light and they would bring it to you, that they would swing open the door of their heart to the ministering power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. And I just thank you that healing will take place in their heart in the mighty name of the Lord. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this three-part series. Like I said, if you did not listen to part one and part two, go ahead and tap into that. But um, I appreciate you guys. I'm really excited for what's taking place in 2021 and the guests that are ahead. You guys are going to be really blessed by the episodes that are coming, the revelation that is released, the impartation that's going to take place. And so bless you guys. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, strengthened, and encouraged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys guys, and I'll talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today. Today.